1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 12 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you this week, Gina?
2: I'm great, Val. How are you going? I hear you've been like jet-seating around the country, doing Uh, all that sort of stuff, yeah?
1: It's been a little bit busy. It's been kind of like full-on, but that's okay. Uh, (laughs) I'm, you know, the weekend is near and I've got to to catch up on a few things and calm down, do a bit of deep breathing and not live out of a suitcase. What have you been up to?
2: Well, it's been a busy week and uh, one of the shoots that I did, I was... um, Playing with lightsabers—that's not code for anything, by the way. <laughs> what,
1: why were you I'm playing not, with? I'm lightsabers? I'm not allowed to talk
2: about it anymore. But I just like, wanted to. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> you, you can't.
1: I'm not get. You can't get away with that. Why were you? No, playing no. I'm with actually, lightsaber? not
2: allowed to talk about it anymore. Well, but there was lightsabers te- involved.
1: Do not. Someone
2: just—you asked me if that was. I know that's the Catholic girl in me. Ooh. Um. So. <laughs> Goodness. The other thing. Val, yes. is like on a serious note. Um, I have gone into mourning this week. Why is that? Well, someone really special to me, who 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 has had a huge influence on my life, and who I respect and love and adore, yes. passed away.
0: Who? And
2: sorry, I might get a bit emotional here. Just hmm. let me just um. Myself to sorry, Val. Sorry, because like this person,
1: go on. It's the guy that
2: invented Nutella, he died. Michelle oh. Ferrero, <laughs> love Nutella.
1: Rest in peace, Michelle Ferrero.
2: He made my life better, Val. He I, really did.
1: Okay, I'm sorry for your loss. I know,
2: you know what I did. Every day this week,
1: ate Nutella.
2: I did in his honour, oh. straight out of the jar because that's the most respectful way to do it. I think.
1: Of course, of course. With the Italian
2: flag draped around my shoulders.
1: Of course, that, mm-hmm. very respectful of you. Mm. Thank you for sharing that, and I'm. We all share. So your I just want to
2: just acknowledge that, and I think we should just have a little moment of silence, and I think everyone should just go and have a little. Little jar of Nutella and then come back.
1: Okay, that would be really awkward on a podcast when mm-hmm. people are listening to silence. And <laughs> I think we're confusing people. They might think that uh, this is not we've a photography. Gone, we've, we've gone podcast. Away
2: and it's what? The Nutella. Yes. So you want to be a Nutella podcast.
1: That's right. <laughs> so now we're going to move into photography. But yes, rest in peace, Mich- Michelle Ferreira. Thank
2: you, Michelle. Rest in peace. Uh, The exciting news, though, Photoshop turns twenty-five this year. I know, amazing. Hey, I didn't think it was that old. Doesn't look a day over fifteen. Well, what a difference Photoshop has made to the lives of every photographer and every celebrity in the world. Every
1: model. Uh, Every model. Every magazine editor.
2: Everyone, like, so I can remember pre-Photoshop where uh, it was the retouches that were mm. like gods and it was like literally, um, you know, when you talk about airbrushing, they still use that that term to mm. airbrush a photo. Like I used to watch that these people were considered masters and I used to watch them with the, uh, the prints and they had like mm. all these tiny, tiny, tiny little brushes and they would actually, you know, brush over the skin tone and, yep. and get rid of blemishes and lines and wrinkles. And then what would happen is you would rephotograph that print and then create the prints from that. So that's what, like, models and actors did when they had their images airbrushed mm. back then. And it was so expensive, wasn't it, Val, to get images retouched. So oh, you just you didn't see it. Like, so... I think traditionally in the in the uh, magazine world, a cover would get retouched. Yep, absolutely. Right? But, but nothing yep. ever inside. That's right. Unless you were a big, big, big deal. Mm. And today, people are retouching their Instagram. I photos. know. Like everything is retouched.
1: You can do it on your phone these days.
2: Well, you can get the softening filters and 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 everything. And so, I think we've sort of lost the idea of what's real and you know what isn't anymore. I remember Mm. my first passport like photo in the age of Photoshop. Mm. Mm. (laughs) I retouched it so much. I looked amazing, Belle. Oh yeah. how can
1: you retouch your passport photo like
2: (laughs) so I did my own, you were allowed to do this is pre September eleven, of course. Mm. And you were allowed to do your own as long as it was in a certain size. And so I set it up, I put a fan on, so my hair was blowing beautifully (laughs) and I had the three-quarter look. I reckon I was, yeah, I had the pout going and really great lighting and then I retouched it. So, you know, I was probably like 30 at the time, retouched myself to look about 23. (laughs) And the problem is, you know, when you're travelling, you're not looking your best. No. <laughs> at some points when you go through those checkpoints, so like you know, there I am going through all these borders, and they'd like look at the passport photo, look at me, look at the passport photo, <laughs> look at me, and then they'd look down at the description. They go photographer, and then they'd go, and I go yeah, and they go yeah. They nod. They go yeah. It's just like okay, fair <laughs> enough. And I try, I do the pose. Oh, my
1: goodness. (laughs) Are you serious?
2: So, you can't do that anymore.
1: Happy birthday to Photoshop. You've come of age. Well done.
2: Yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, The other great thing that uh, I saw this week that really inspired me is I am a massive fan of Brene Brown and um, Chase Jarvis and they uh, did, uh, like, and they did this a while ago. It was, like, I think sometime during last year that they actually did this chat together Mm. about creativity and I've put a link in the show notes. Mm -hmm. It's a must-see for every artist because it's just she, like, I love what she has to say about being creative and being vulnerable and, like, um... And Chase also talks about it as well, and you know, standing in your power and showing who you are and not being afraid of that as a photographer. Mm. And one of the great things she talks about is a is a quote by Theodore Roosevelt. I'm not going to read it out because it's kind of a bit dry, and but it's 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 such a powerful quote. It basically talks about like you know, we as artists. Um, The minute you put your work out there to be seen, there's going to be people who criticize you, right? Mm -hmm. And so often it's the critics that we listen to and not the people who praise our work. So it doesn't matter how many people tell you your work is incredible, Mm -hmm. one person says it's not, who do you listen to? and which is the one that you go over and over. And what she talks about, and she she says, like, you know, you have to, unless the critic is also an artist and is prepared to put themselves out there and do what you do, don't listen to them. Yes. Right? Never listen to those people. The most powerful thing that she said that I've written down and I've told, like, at least 50 people since I heard it was she said, what you need to do is get a piece of paper, and on that piece of paper, write seven names of the people whose whose um, opinion you respect. Yep. Right. And keep it with you at all times forever. Now that might change as you you know as you go through life, but that's it. Anyone who has an opinion about your work who's not on that list, ignore it.
1: So I think the quote is actually worthwhile mentioning. It's, it's called The Man in the Arena, Arena by Theodore Roosevelt. And he says, It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. And who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. So I, I think that that's a wonderful quote and I Aww. agree very much with your sentiment, Gina. Yeah, yep. I will admit that I don't get Brené Brown myself. Yeah. But, um, but I do agree with the, with the concept that you're saying. You've, you've got, you, you know, don't listen to the critics and um, put yourself out there is, is yep. the short version Don't of, be of afraid.
2: That. Don't be afraid to put mm. yourself out there and, and ignore them unless, like, you know, I will listen to another photographer who is a peer of mine, and if they're going to have have some constructive criticism, of course I'm going to listen because I'm not going to grow otherwise as an artist, right? But someone who's going to criticise for the sake of it, Mm. you know, because there is that um, that thing that people feel better cutting other people down because it just makes them feel better, all of that, just ignore it. And I love that idea of that seven people... um, whose ideas you? I just love that, just carry that around and that's a game changer for me. I just loved it. So if you love Brene's work, she's written some amazing books. If that resonates with you, then maybe check out more of her work. There's some awesome... um, YouTube videos of her work. I think she's had the most downloaded um, TED talk in history on vulnerability, and um, it's worth checking out. You know, I guess uh, some people love her, and you know, others, and some people don't get so her. Much. <laughs> <laughs> but I, am one of the, I'm, I'm a, like, an, I love her work, I love it.
1: So let's move into the main topic of this episode, Gina. This yep. week we're talking about how to give great headshot. Yes, so all about headshots this week. Wonderful. What, okay, what kind of headshots are we talking about?
2: All right, well, so basically um, there's a number of different headshots and when I was starting out, there was like mostly we did headshots for actors, um, entertainers, models and like corporate types. But now like there's p- pretty much everyone in the industry, anyone who's anyone needs one, right? Mm. Everyone needs a decent profile pick. So uh, there's a few uh, different types of headshots and I think that's really important to know before we launch into the how-to, which is mostly what I'm going to be talking about uh, through this podcast, actually how to set up the shot, mm-hmm. how to get a great expression, how to sit people, how to pose them and how to really make people comfortable. So I just want to just go through the different types of headshots first. Sure. So basically we've got the acting headshot, Okay, and so when you're doing an acting headshot, it should really be like a fairly accurate portrayal of what the actor looks like. So, so like um, sometimes people make the mistake, and they, and and particularly with female actors, that they need to um, you know plaster on the makeup, and and um, you know they kind of end up looking unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is when an actor then goes to do an audition,
1: mm-hmm. they've
2: been chosen off that headshot yeah and so they'll turn up to the end and so if you've created uh, a headshot for someone and they look nothing like that person mm. then you know it's going to get confusing when they turn up for then they, they say no no we wanted this person yeah. so the, the, like a really good actor's headshot should almost be like a really natural but just like imagine how you would look if you looked you know really good really fresh mm. um a genuine and, and sincere and open, friendly face because and, – and it should be – it's almost like a bit bland. You're not going to be wanting to go over the top friendly, over the top happy or not too serious. You want a kind of shot that it, like any uh, casting agent can look at and then they can see whoever they want to see in that person, mm. you know, that could be our person for this role, that role, or that role. Okay. Mm. So, like, really natural. And um, so, uh, traditionally, they were shot in the studio, but now we're really moving into uh, doing them in a more lifestyle fashion. So, they can be studio or they can be outside. It doesn't matter. Okay. Yep. The next type is a model's headshot. Mm. But
1: before you move on, where where is the headshot cropped? typically
2: so generally it's about um head and shoulders or three-quarter now we're sort of moving three-quarter yeah so three-quarter so we're going so like a little bit longer and but generally you see them uh, are cropped at at a, at a good size headshot so just through the shoulders mm-hmm. and and just above the head and sometimes they're like a lot tighter than that as well mm-hmm. so you know it's it's they're not about it's about like you know most of them are about just, like, a good head size, you know. Yeah. Mostly, yeah, through the head and shoulders, okay. Yep. So I can't talk about a model headshot without saying that, you know, if you're going to do work with models, I, I reckon you have to work, watch Zoolander.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, because it's like I won't hire a tradesman unless he's got a roll, rolled cigarette stuck to his bottom lip because I don't <laughs> – and, and, like – three inches of crack showing above their pants because that's what a tradesman looks like to me and I reckon they're the ones that do a really good job and I think if because of their crack. Yeah, it's got to have a little bit of crack and then it's got to have that, that cigarette. And ju- and if they're going to do any concreting for me, I insist on the hanky on the head with the four um, corners tied in a knot. And I was had, a, I had, when I was getting Renault's done here, I made the uh, guys that were doing my wall rendering. I said, tomorrow you have to all come in with hankies on your head with the four knots. And God love them, they did. And the dog. <laughs> And the dog as oh. well it was the funniest thing ever. I digress. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. So, Zoolander, if you haven't seen this and you're a photographer, do yourself a favour. I will put the link in the show <laughs> note. It's, it's the funniest movie ever and, um, yeah, just. Um,
1: <laughs> well, and what are they going to learn from Zoolander, Gina?
2: they're going to learn how ridiculous the whole world (laughs) of models is it's a really great um uh you know spoof of the of the of the modeling industry and it's just very 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 funny and there's so many great lines and then when i know you've all watched it there'll be a zoolander quote dropped in every second podcast i would say
1: (laughs) so how does a model headshot differ from an actor's headshot
2: so models' headshots are about, like, um, capturing the, the the beauty of the model and a, and a model is more like a chameleon. They can be changed into any which way. So basically a great model's portfolio is going to show them in, like, several different looks. A, a good model has, like, their, their features are almost, like, a bit bland mm. and they can, th- like, honestly, I have met models who we've I remember one shoot that we did where we, we were told this girl is amazing, and we're so excited. So it was the makeup artist and I and the assistant at the studio, and we're waiting, and it's like knock on the door and I answer the door. And I'm like, Are you, hi, can I help you? She's like, Yeah, I'm here for the shoot. I'm like, Are you, she's like, I'm the model. I'm like, Right,
1: okay. Mm-hmm.
2: This girl was like, like she had been built up I was expecting oh my god this Mm. girl rocked up and I was like almost in tears I was on a deadline I had to get this shot right
1: Mm.
2: and so I kind of look at the makeup artist and we we sort of I just go just put mascara on her and brush her hair and Mm. let's get out of here it was like that we were both almost in tears right so she goes okay so then I look through the camera, I set her up, looked through the camera. It was like someone had put a photo in there or was magic happened.
1: Really? What was it? What was, that
2: was did it that she was. was the makeup artist with me. I'm like, Faux, check this out. Get her over. She looks in the, and she's just like, What? And I'm like, I know it's like magic. Look. <laughs> so we stood there <laughs> behind the camera four models on set and we're like going, look away, look, look away.
1: What did the model do that was so... She did nothing.
2: The camera loved her. That is actually a fact. Mm -hmm. Some people and a lot of these, like a lot of supermodels and the models that are like, you know, highly paid Mm. through school, no one even looked twice at them. Mm. There's something about... The shape of their face, the way their eyes are, that, and it's like you know, a really famous plastic surgeon once said that it's like that two millimeters is the difference between um, you know, average and like gorgeous. Two millimeters, one way or the other. So, the great models, you can make them up to be anything. So you can go to town with the makeup. And so, when you're doing a model's headshot, it is worth every cent to get a great makeup artist. To be able to make them up because a great makeup artist will take what what they were given and turn it into like from good to exceptional, mm. right? So it's 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 well worth it. So um, yeah. So models go to town. You can make them whatever you want. That's the difference between model and actor's headshot. But okay. what
1: I'm hearing from you is that it's not really models headshot its model head shots because you, will you need to show a variety, you need to, s- show, yes. vari- you c- you need to show that blank canvas can, can do a lot of different looks.
2: So, generally, a model will never come in. This is a great, great entry um, into uh, photography uh, for portrait photographers. It's a great entry into uh, editorial and celebrity photography, starting with models folios. This is how I made my break into the industry. I started doing actors. Then I did models. And then that that got me into PR and then finally into TV. So, and a model will rarely just go, I want one shot. They'll generally want an entire portfolio. So, I was doing like four looks. Mm. um for each model so you'll generally do four different looks and they'll be completely different like you know natural beauty shot then you'll do a uh maybe like a really high fashion look and then you might do like a corporate looking look and then it might be a lifestyle or a swimsuit one mm. okay and an always different hair and always different makeup and 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 you know the idea is to make them look as different as possible in each shot so that they are sold as you know really versatile and the and the um Clients can see all the different uh, uses for these uh, girls or guys.
1: Okay, so let's move on to the corporate headshot.
2: So the corporate headshots, again, uh, they've changed dramatically over the years and they've gone from being like these uh, stiff, rigid, sort of grey, dark backgrounds to, again, that lifestyle look. And I know we've talked about this in, in earlier podcasts, so I won't, I won't go on too much, but it's basically, you, you know, we can do them now outside corporate uh, headshots. We can also do them uh, on location and have more of that lifestyle feel where people are doing things. And also, like, you know, when I say corporate, I'm just talking about pretty much everybody else who's, like, not an actor or a model. So, like, that could be uh, any entrepreneur. Mm. Um, and and also, um, you, you know, you can probably put um, artists in there and, and uh, like, sort of everybody else, which is everyone who mm. needs a headshot. So it's like...
1: So what are some basic rules that you need to follow for to do a good headshot? Okay, so
2: whenever I'm doing headshots, I do uh, tend to stick to the same rules with everyone and so I basically uh, am uh, changing uh, the look of the shot but the technique's the same for everyone, if you get what I mean. So um, I always decide the first... So before I do anything, you have to make sure that, that you in how you greet people when you're meeting them for the first time because you've got that first little while, that first few seconds to really make a connection mm. and that's probably like the most important time. So there's been times when um, often as photographers that you might be called in to do like a series of corporate shots where you're meeting someone and it's like you're, you're banging them out every five, ten minutes. Yeah. So you've literally got, it's like 30 seconds yeah. to, 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 to greet get them to uh, know you, like you, trust you in that time. How do you do that? Well, you know, it's really difficult but there's things that you can do that are going to help you um, get that trust a lot quicker and it's like, you know, this is going to sound like a, a little bit woo-woo. <laughs> okay. But it's like little things like, you know, your body language and how you're dressed and how you approach someone. So, you know, Always uh, walk over to greet them rather than making them come into your space. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's just a little trick. When you are greeting someone, keep your body language as open as possible. Okay. So if you're wearing a jacket, don't be zipping it up all the way up tight. Okay. Because mm-hmm. that's closing your body language off. Right.
1: Yep.
2: Unzip your jacket. Uh, here's another one that goes back to when we were living in the cave, cave, caveman times. <laughs> yeah. All right make sure that they can see both of your hands, okay? Because we've got this inbuilt uh, sort of alert mechanism that goes back to caveman days when we were constantly looking for danger signals, okay? And so you are going to put someone on edge, they're not going to like be like packing or anything like that, but it's like subconsciously a little bit on edge if they can't see your hands when they meet you mm-hmm. because it's like saying you've got a weapon or something in your okay. hands because if your hands are in your pockets, they're not going to know. So just keep your hands open by your side so that they can see them. Jack it open and sort of like you're facing with your heart first to the person. They're just little hacks in that little three seconds and if you remember that, that's going to help sort of develop a rapport. There's other little things that you can do that you kind of mirror what they're doing and, and you kind of try and mirror their tone. So if they're like a really slow speaking person, maybe try and match uh, that speaking to them. So just, just those little hacks, okay? Mm-hmm. Get the person in front of the camera and decide what side you're going to shoot them on. Now mm. it takes a little while to learn this, and and after you've done a lot of people and you photograph them, you're going to know which is their naturally their good side, mm. okay. But until you know that, a really good trick is to stand them in front of your camera and mm. just ask them to turn slowly to the left and slowly to the right, and mm-hmm. you're going to see that they're either they're either good one way or the other way, okay. And if you're not sure, shoot them both ways. But right, yeah, okay, good you, point. Yeah, yeah, just go this way, that way and you'll see it on, on the screen or on the back of your camera immediately that there's like most people definitely look better one side than the other side. Mm. Okay, so you should be able to spot that. Um, okay, this is a mistake that the next one is a, like a mistake that a lot of new photographers make and a lot of like established photographers still do it. Spray and pray. Do you know what that is, Val?
1: Like just shoot, 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 shoot and pray to God that one of the yes, things Yes, just is... fire away. Mm-hmm. You put the camera on like, you
2: know, multiple mm. and like somewhere in there, if you do a thousand shots <laughs> or of averages, you got a good one that yes. makes you offended. No, don't because mm-hmm. that's gonna, that's so annoying to yes. do to people. And it's like you know, wh- th- why are you going to give yourself all that extra um, work at the end of it that you happen to actually fluke a shot? Why not create the shot? So you know that
1: is so true. Because actually today I was um, speaking to some organisers of an event I'm involved in, and I noticed that every time I do this event, they spray and pray. Hmm. When they uh, when they are shooting me, and you know, and uh, in the hopes that they they're, they're going to come out with whatever, and I've just said to them, look, let's save a lot of time, let's <laughs> just set it up, <laughs> because then we're just going to get the shot in, you know, fifteen frames or something instead yeah. of the three thousand <laughs> that I think that they've already oh my God. Uh, already tried. And they go, oh, what a great idea! Oh, is this when you're up on stage speaking, or yes. they want
2: it? so so they're trying to get a shot of you without your mouth open, or, or you know, you doing
1: a funny expression? Yeah, or yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Thing. And so you just did that, looking out onto the cr- crowd. Well, the we'll smile. do it.
1: We'll do it at the next one. So we'll. Do, as I just said, let's just set it up because also invariably the photographer is at the most awkward angle because they yep. shouldn't be on stage with you. You know what I mean? Yes. So they're shooting from like underneath yeah. they're shooting from here they're shooting from there it's like not a flattering pose um, so that's why today I said next time we're just gonna set it up Yeah
2: good idea Val mm. and you'll get a great shot mm. yes um, good one All right next point I really like to shoot everyone uh, for headshots sitting down because a couple mm. of re- the reason I do this is if I've got someone standing, I'll get them into position because I actually like to have people uh, on a three-quarter angle. It makes their body look good. They look leaner and it makes their faces look better, right? But if they're standing at that angle and then I'll set them up and go back behind my camera, by the time I walk back to behind my camera, they've moved, mm. right? If they're sitting, they're, they're captive, okay? They can't move and it's easier for me to get their body on the right three-quarter angle and to get their head and everything. So what I do is I sit them down and I'll have, like, a stool for them to sit on without a back because often the back will get in the way of the shot. Yes. And then I actually use uh, milk crates that – Every studio accidentally have milk crates that I don't know where they come from, Val, but they just appear. It's like true. they breed or something. I don't know where. Like how come we all have milk crates but anyway. Stolen you go. From the milk bar. No, don't. <laughs> Valerie. Wash your mouth out. So anyway, you've got these uh property of uh Australian milk industry milk crates that we actually <laughs> had like thousands in the studio and guess what client we picked up
1: oh no (laughs) so
2: we had to like hide them and then we fessed up it's like you know they I don't know where they came they were just here so the milk crates go under the feet Mm. and you can actually like just sort of uh sort of spread the knees apart and the milk crates are like there and they're sitting and then and then so what's the bum sitting on a stool,
1: right? Okay, I got feet it.
2: are raised, so it actually raises the knees slightly. And what this does is it means that you know, from that position, you can get them to actually lean forward and lean their, uh, rest their arms uh, on their knees there, yeah. which is a really comfortable position. And that that lean forward is is uh, really flattering because when you push the face and lean forward, it stretches out all the skin under the under the chin. Mm. Okay, and gives a really strong jawline. So, you know, good headshot, strong jawline.
1: Mm. I right. think I, I think I must have had you in my brain this week Gina because I was chatting to somebody who and I he wanted to raise his profile and I was saying you've just got to get some your headshot done because this guy was you would have loved to have shot him Gina. Yeah. He was a you know nice very nice looking man and he um had a little bit of edge to him. So I said you've just got to get the these shots done and he listened to me, which was great, and he, you know, got somebody in who unfortunately wasn't a professional photographer, so, right. so I couldn't help myself to take over uh-huh. and um, did exactly what you just said. There were no milk crates, but I got yeah. the backless chair and, you know, yeah. channeled Gina Militia yeah. in, yeah. you know, put your hands on your on yeah. your knees and play with your ring and rub yeah. your hands together yeah. and all of that. Yeah, cool. Yeah, looked fantastic.
2: So... The lean is, like, so flattering for everyone mm. and a and really good, so remember that, lean, 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 get strong jawline. Um, if you've got a model that is carrying a little bit of extra weight and particularly like that that extra weight around around the jawline and they might have like a, a double chin there mm. then sometimes uh it might be uh, a little more flattering um if you do get them to stand up particularly if they're carrying a lot of extra weight and it's like up around the shoulders once you sit them down mm. uh they can all look a bit hunched and and bunched up so uh for people like that, that that's my exception where i'll I will ask them to stand. And often um, uh, if you're doing like really big guys, like, you know, athletes who do have those big shoulders, they can often look uh, too bulky when they're sitting down. So, again, I'll get them to stand rather than sit uh, for their headshots. Um, so, most people do look better with their with their shoulders at a three-quarter angle mm-hmm. and their face at a three-quarter angle. Um if, uh, if I'm doing, if someone's got a really symmetrical face or I want to do like a really strong character shot, I photograph them dead square. And I've actually noticed that it, it is a bit in vogue, that style at the moment of doing like, you know, that, that sort of hipster look where it's straight down the barrel, uh, straight on, that, that's a, a distinct look. And I've, I've done that a lot for my, uh, a lot of my TV stuff dead square to camera so that that can be a really uh strong way to photograph someone um it's also um worth experimenting with a couple of different poses so like do do play around with like you know the height and the the shooting them from left or right and then learn to see really see which side is the better one to shoot from okay when i'm setting my tripod I just like to go just slightly um, below eye level and... um,
1: Shoot slightly below eye level.
2: Yeah, and that makes people appear like uh, really powerful and larger than life, Mm -hmm. okay? And um, if it's a full-length shot, it's actually a little bit slimming as well. So it's like a a really uh, good good head shot. So you... you, Eye level or um slightly above also uh works well if you want to give um if you wanna make someone look uh a little bit softer and more approachable. So if you're if you're maybe if you're doing like a CEO or someone in a powerful position and you want them to be powerful slightly lower, if you're doing someone say like uh someone who's a hi, I'm a psychiatrist, I wanna help you, kind of that sort of headshot, maybe go um, uh, a little bit higher so that they appear softer or you want anyone to appear softer you get you get that
1: great yep yeah totally. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. okay
2: um, so that that is my first maybe three or four minutes I spend just like getting that position going and the whole time I'm doing this I'm constantly engaging with the model chat, mm. chat, 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 chat. And all the chit-chat, I'm not talking about myself. No. Ah, So, God, I'm good. How good am I? Let me tell you. (laughs) Let me tell you how good I am. See how that sounds? It's just like it's not very good. That's not going to, as much as people love talking about themselves, that's not really going to uh, develop a really good rapport with your model. The best thing to do at this point, because remember, your model's going to be really, really nervous at this stage okay, for the first few frames. So it's your job to just relax them. So if you can talk about anything other than the photo shoot, just to find that little place that you can connect with each other, Mm. you know, so you know how'd you get here? That's a you know just find things about them that you know you can compliment them on genuinely and and just keep the chatting going. You know I've got shoes like that. Did you get them from below? Yeah, yeah. I got them on sale and so that that jacket. You know that have you seen this ring? Yeah, yeah, I've got that ring too. Do, do you know what I mean? Just yeah. keep the conversation going so that you can you can get them relaxed. So you're chatting. There might be lint on their jacket as you're turning them around. You'll brush that lint off. You've set them up. You've got them into position. You are confident about everything. You're never tentative. You're never saying, oh, "Okay, so sit there, sit. no, 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 don't like that, no, no, let's do <laughs> let's do something else," because they're going to lose that. Um, that you're going to make them feel more insecure. And so if you're really anxious at this point and nervous about how they're looking, they're going to feed off your energy. So, you know, even if you're not feeling it, fake it, fake it, fake it. You're confident you know what you're doing. Okay, I'm going to sit here, go back to your camera, have a look through. Even if it looks revolting, you go, yeah, yeah, that's great. Just going to change it up a little bit. I'm just going to try and swap you around to the other side. You're never going to go back to your camera and say, "Oh my God, geez, you look four times bigger this way. I can't believe it." You, look, hang on, let me take a photo and show you how ugly you look at this angle. You got it, Dave. Come and have a look at this. Obviously. No. Okay. So, but but Val, mm-hmm. I've seen it done. I've seen it done, okay? So this little initial period, crucial to keep them, like, relaxed and nervous. Then know that the first 15 to 20 frames that you take at this point, you're probably not going to get much. They're going to not be connected with you. It takes about that time. For them to just relax into the pose, get used to the lights or get used to the location, get used to you, the sound of the camera, everything. So remember that, like most people, they're not, they don't have a lot of experience in front of the camera, and you can even acknowledge that it's okay to do that. This I know this is tough and you know what? Everyone is like this. And then you can Mm. even throw in the, I hate having my photo taken. You should see what I'm like. Just to make them feel that like, you know, because everyone feels that they're the only one who is having that particular experience at that time. So you go through your 20 frames and by this point, I can actually visually see when people relax. There's that moment somewhere between 15 and 20 and I say, you just relaxed, and they go, "Yeah, I feel better now." Okay, <laughs> and so keep keep that dialogue going because that's going to that's going to really help uh, connect and and be able to direct your model really well. Okay, so next we've set them up. We've done that fifteen to twenty dummy frames. You know, we know that now they're they're relaxed, and now like you're probably getting at this point okay shots. Most people would go, they're all right, they're fine. But if you really look closely at this point, and this is the difference between a good shot and a great shot. Yeah. The eyes and yeah. the expression. Mm-hmm. So this is where, and the smile, and this is where the work comes in. So we've got the lighting, we're happy, we're ha- the skin tone looks great. And, of course, we will do a whole show on, you know, the lighting techniques for this but we're talking strictly about setting it up and the pose today, okay? So how do you get someone to give you a genuine smile? Mm. What have you been asked in the past, Val, to smile? What what techniques that photographers have used?
1: Smile. (laughs) (laughs) Teeth. (laughs) Cheese. Think of something happy.
2: (laughs) So... The person that invented cheese needs to be taken out the back, and (laughs) (laughs) Cheese does, like, we can all do it now. Cheese, cheese. What happens when you do that is, yes, it creates a smile, but, like, no one actually ever smiles where you can see the top teeth and the bottom teeth. (laughs) No one does that unless you can do that fake Hollywood smile because I've tried it. I've tried to do, let me see if I can get both the teeth showing, it's really difficult. <laughs> I've practiced Val. Okay. So so when you do when you do cheese, yeah. you're forcing it's like a grimace almost. Yes. Right? Yes. That's not a real smile. And what happens like a real smile, if you look at people who are really smiling, it's in the it's in the mouth, right? The mouth smiles, but when you're really smiling, you get those you get those little wrinkles at the side of your eyes. Yes. You know, the ones where you wake up in the morning, you go, mum, and you go, far out, that's me, (laughs) in the mirror. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So a real smile is at the mouth and it's also at the corner of the eyes. That's a genuine smile and that's what we're looking for. So, you know, if you ever walk past someone and you smile at them, And they, you know, they're going to smile back. People love to mirror what you're doing. So if you're standing behind the camera and you are facing a frown because you're trying to get them to smile, what's going to happen to the other person subconsciously? They're, they're gonna not going to smile. Going, why are you smiling? Yeah. Don't you like me? Are you unhappy? You know, they're going to be wondering why you're frowning and they're, of course, going to be thinking, oh, my God, I look terrible. I've got four chins. My hair's terrible. That's mm-hmm. why, you know, all that sort of neurotic stuff goes through the head. So smile when you want someone to smile behind the camera and then, mm. you know, it's a good time to maybe learn to throw in a few jokes or just be silly and let yourself go and just... <laughs> keep talking and trying to get them to smile okay it's it's difficult this i'm telling you is where the work comes in and this is where like 80 percent of photographers stop at this point and feel like that they don't don't need to do this bit so this next 20 percent is going to take your photos to the next level if you're prepared to put in that effort okay Okay, so basically you want genuine smiling eyes and a lot of photographers believe that it's not their job to get that and that, and a lot of photographers will blame the model so if they get a great shot yeah had a great model look at her got great shots or they get a great shot and they go how good am I I got a great shot yeah. but when they get a bad shot they go yeah yeah model wasn't very good wasn't wasn't very good model couldn't couldn't give me a good smile no not the model's job it's your job it's your job to get that smiling eye. And so here's how you do it, and this works every time. I've got a number of techniques. Go on. Um, Okay, so visualize with them you're going to take your sitter on a journey now it's not easy to do like if you're a bit little bit shy a little bit introverted it's something that you've got to get used to but like one-on-one it's not that hard to do and if you get over your sort of initial stage fright Mm -hmm. you can work really well and if you can do this i promise you your photos are going to be at that next level find that thing that your model loves Create a scenario with them and go there with them on that journey. So if it's an actor, I might say, who's your favourite actor? And I'll say, I don't know, Robert De Niro. And yeah. I'm like, okay, okay. Imagine you're on set with Robert De Niro. He's opposite you. How would that feel? And already you can see, I go, I can see you're, you know, you're excited by that. They go, oh, my God. And I'm like, who would be directing that? And I'll go, okay, Scorsese. Okay, mm. so it's Scorsese's off to the side. There he is at the chair. I said, Uh, favorite movie yeah the godfather okay so it's the godfather you're in the godfather you're acting opposite de niro there you are on set the lights are on you know you're on set you're in that um you know the courtyard the wedding scene in the godfather okay the music's playing there you are you're about to deliver your lines de niro's looking at you you know Scorsese's over there and I'm there, I'm taking them on that journey. Mm. They are beaming at this point, Mm. you know, and sometimes if it's like a longer shoot, I take them all the way to getting on stage and accepting their Academy Award (laughs) and they are there and they're they're giving the speech and and I'm telling you it works. Now, if it's not an actor and you've just got like, you know, your cousin Sandy Mm. and you need to give her a scenario, Mm. this... This works really well with, um, I've done this a lot with corporate women who often like are really closed and they Mm. don't, they won't give anything. I'll tell them, I'll go, okay, I am going to ask you to telepathically give me the wildest thing you've ever done in your life. You are to tell me telepathically. I promise I won't tell anyone. And so this is a completely safe zone. Yes. can read minds but you're inviting them to play with you at that point right mm. they all have taken me no one said no to this and no one's felt uncomfortable and once it starts oh my god you should see their faces light up mm-hmm. and then you take that and you play with it a little bit and I'll always say oh my god where did the seven dwarfs come from I ah. like, is that goat meant to be there at this point and you're going on and you you know you just you just you know, making fun and having fun, and you will get them to really relax and smile, okay? One more trick. If none of that works, you get them to, um, and you've got those cold and staring eyes, you get them to uh, look at the camera And then look away and then back to camera. Now, this is a trick that I learned from my first mentor, photographer that I work with, Andy Tavares, and this is what he used to do. And it works so well with... This works really well with anyone. So it's basically eyes to camera, eyes away, eyes to camera, eyes away. And you just keep doing that. And you can do that in that first 15 to 20 frames while you're setting someone up. Eyes to camera, eyes away. Eyes to camera, eyes away. And it stops them from having that staring rabbit yeah. spotlight look that everyone gets. Great tip. Great tip. Okay, so yeah. That's um that's that's how you get that so so doing that, you're going to get some great shots. So you looking for the you're looking for the smiling eyes you're looking for the genuine smile and you're making sure that everyone is in a great position chin forward so like you know pushing the face forward to give him that strong uh, jawline and you get a great headshot that way
1: Mm -hmm. fantastic that's it yeah awesome tips awesome tips Mm. So when did you figure out this telepathic thing? (laughs) This was something I invented. Have I ever done this with you, Val? Not telepathic. I've not done this one with you, have I? Are you sure we didn't do that last shoot that we did? No, no. The last shoot we did, you kept on talking about my cat Rex. I did, didn't I? Yeah. That worked a treat though. Yeah, and I yeah. can see
2: as I was like, I was editing your shots not long ago and I was looking at it and I was like, that's when I said that. That's when I said that. Because you can see you'd you'd switch off. Yeah. Like you'd look down at your phone and you'd see a text message you didn't want to get and it's like you'd look back up and it's like your eyes would be really cold and then I'd like bring in the cat's name and then it's like they'd light up again. It was like, that was yeah. incredible. All right, we'll do the telepathy thing.
1: <laughs> but how did you think of this And how did you think of this, taking people on the journey to get their Oscar?
2: Oh, so it it just evolved, Val, because it's like I remember doing, um, I used to do uh, headshots for these acting agencies where I would get like 300 and shoot them over three days. Right. Okay, and there was just, and I was that photographer that said, nah, that model wasn't any good wouldn't give me anything you know I was that for a little while and then one day I realized it's like you know what I have to learn to work for it and I remember Mm -hmm. there was one girl that came in who was so insecure and so broken that I just like spent an extra couple of minutes with her Mm. made all the difference and then from there I went oh my god that's the secret that's all it is Mm -hmm. I've just got to work for it I've got to work harder and it's like it's not It's not the model, it's me. It's my job to make them relaxed and it's my job to get them to smile and to do all of that. And if I help them, I'm going to get great photos.
1: Great. Okay, so what else about headshots do we need to know?
2: Okay, so basically... um,
1: Like are there any, you know, major problems that people face apart from getting smiling eyes?
2: Okay, so you've got to remember that like not everyone's going to be comfortable in front of the camera, Val, and not everyone is 100% happy with what they see when no, they're into course. the mirror.
1: Not and most people. <laughs> I think it's,
2: uh, it's everyone, mm. you know, and so it's your job to actually uh, find what it is that's beautiful in them and, and let them see that you know and it's like that that's like one of the great pleasures of being a portrait photographer is being able to do that for people and seeing their reactions when they do it and like everyone's got a thing that they don't like about themselves okay Mm. and you know what if you listen they're going to tell you really in that first five minutes that you meet them they're going to announce it to you yeah whatever the thing is and if they don't and You think you've seen it, but they've never said anything, then assume that they don't have an issue with it,
1: right? Okay, yeah.
2: so, um, yeah, so, um, so it's your job to, to, to find those things and make them look amazing. So, a couple of the things like, um, that you might want to be looking at is, uh, so we talked about quickly, uh, the double, the double chin. chin, yeah, so. Quick one to get rid of that is like, you know, the stretching forward. And so basically when you're asking them, it's like you're not asking them to push their chin forward, you're asking them to bring their whole face towards camera. So you can actually demonstrate it. It's like, you know, imagine a turtle. You know how they push their face forward? Yes. So you're getting them to do that a little bit and you can feel that that uh, strengthens up the, the the jawline and 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 will help get rid of that double chin and also we talked about like sort of shooting slightly higher, okay?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So with the other stuff that that, that might be um, like um, perceived as an imperfection in some people and and you know I'm not saying that it is and I'm not saying that it isn't. It's just like you know if someone's going to announce, I hate my forehead. I think I've got a big nose or I've got big ears, what can you do about it? Then these these tips are, are there to help, okay? So I'm not making a judgment either way. So if someone... Okay.
1: <laughs> big <laughs> disclaimer there that we really need it, okay.
2: So if someone's got a, uh, a prominent forehead, right, mm-hmm. so it, it's like anything that that that, that is going um, away from camera is going to seem smaller and everything that comes forward to camera is going to seem bigger. So if someone's got a big forehead, just get them to tilt their chin slightly mm. closer to the camera and tilt their head back. Mm. That's going to sort of diminish the size um, of their forehead. Okay. Mm. Um, if someone's got a large nose, I tend to shoot them dead square because it, it just helps um, make the nose look better. Um, if someone, some people like, will have a, like a slight dip to their mouth or a little bit uneven, mm. so try and straighten the the tip, tip their head to sort of um, uh, sort of straighten out the, the uneven mouth uh, a, a big problem most people have is one eye bigger than the other most people yeah a lot of people have this problem slightly some people are more so than others mm. but what happened what you should do is uh, the smaller eye, point that closer to camera and the bigger eye away from camera mm. and so optically that's going to kind of balance it out okay yeah. but never do them square on because it's just going to make it more obvious if someone's got a, a thin face mm. do them square on that's going to make their face seem a little bit fuller and if someone's got a wider face then shoot them three-quarter and that's going to make their face uh a little bit uh, thinner yeah. uh you know Teenagers with skin imperfections and things like that—Photoshop. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what well, really? What can you do? So clearing up imperfections like we used to back in the day before Photoshop, just yep. uh, like overexpose the skin tone, and yep. I still do this—overexposed by you know a stop yes. anyway. And that uh, that that kind of gets rid of a, a, a lot of blemishes as well. Yeah. Uh, if your model wears glasses, you've got to be very careful to ask them to like take the glasses off for the shot because suddenly it's not them anymore. Yeah. You know, if they wear glasses every day, that's their thing. Yeah. So you know, if you're if you're getting flare, always check for flare in the glasses. And if you're getting flare, like the, there's things you can do. You can like get them to tip their head down slightly, and that's going to uh, eliminate the flare if you're using lights. And sort of also watch when you're doing three-quarter shots with people with glasses that have got really thick glasses have a look at the side of the eye because often the, the there'll be a, like an optical illusion where it look like that there, there's a cutout in the side of their face because of the the thickness of the glass is going to distort the size of the side of the head in the in the shot okay Um Lens choice is going to make a difference to uh, how people look. So um, I prefer when I'm doing headshots, I always shoot with a long lens because it compresses the face and – it's, it's the most flattering lens to use if you use a wide lens it's going to make all the features uh, look a bit wider and and um, n- not as flattering okay and 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 like a really wide lens kind of makes people look cartoon like like big heads small bodies so um, yeah and prominent and things like that so um, yeah that's uh, I think that's uh, I think I've pretty much covered it wow you know?
1: that's like crash course <laughs> in how to give good headshots <laughs> yes. You're an ex, you're a pro at this.
2: <laughs> I've done one or two in my time, Val.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, I hear that about you. <laughs> so, um,. Wow, that really is—that's a, a lot to take in. Um, but fantastic information, you know. I mean, the the most of the headshots that I'm doing these days are of my cat. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a bit hard to direct, especially yeah. when I say, you know, stick your chin out and tilt your head back. But actually, I don't need to say those things because he's kind of perfect looking.
2: Yeah, he's gorgeous. You chew him square on. Yeah, and, totally. And uh, he doesn't need makeup.
1: He doesn't. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um what one thing that you didn't cover though I'm curious is do you suggest to people you know what do they wear in terms of because you're only seeing the top bit of their top yeah you know what I mean yeah do you have any go to you know no fail suggestions or, yeah, or I do or, or any don'ts
2: so so what I say to people uh, before they're coming to the studios, I say like in terms of color choice. Bring those clothes that you, when you wear them, you get the most compliments in. If you don't have a clue, that's what you wear. And there'll be a colour that you'll wear it and people go, good, you look good today. And then there'll be other colours that you wear and people don't say that. If you're not sure, that's what to bring. And also, I always ask everyone to bring, please bring me a variety of necklines because some people think that that round neckline that they wear every day looks great on them and it doesn't. You know, and so like if someone does have a double chin, and you put them in a like a V neck, it's going to actually um, like make them look a, a lot leaner and not as heavy around the uh, around the chin as a like a round neckline will. So like necklines can make all the difference. So it's really important to bring a variety. The other thing that I, I suggest with people is like if you've got beautiful blue or green eyes. Wear the same colour. It's going to actually enhance the like the colour of your eyes, and it's also like you know, uh, with brown or hazel eyes, same thing. There's certain colours that are going to accentuate that colour and 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 suit the skin tone, mm. and there's other colours it's like I oh, know I can't wear yellow. It just makes me look wrong. Okay, uh, you Val look awesome in red, and you also look really good in blue. Um, other colours, and you know, this I know there's certain colours I've seen you in. I go, that doesn't work, yeah. but you pretty much got your colours worked out. So, what you happens
1: know. if you get somebody in who you have briefed? Yes, because this happens to me all I the know. time, and they turn up in black because that is just what they're comfortable in because well, especially women they turn up in black what do you do that, and you've got no choice because they've brought nothing else I have to
2: get them what to wear that colour and I hope that they've got some sort of um, I try and bring some colour into the shot in some way with like the background or something but I actually tell them please don't wear black and, and also you know if you're like an entrepreneur or someone who wants to take those photos and get them to run in a magazine or something Yeah. chances are if they're wearing black it's not going to run yes. cuz like magazines True. don't like black and mm. and you know what People rarely look good. Unless it's going to be like a a funky, edgy black and white shot, it Mm. really does take a lot from the face. It doesn't make you look, you know, um, alive. Uh, Another little trick, you know, if um, you want people to look really fresh and healthy, like a white, crisp white shirt looks amazing, Mm. you know, particularly on guys. And another little trick, guys, if you are ever going for a job interview and you happen to be extremely hungover... Mm -hmm right? Feeling pale or feeling sick, wear a crisp white shirt. It's going to make you look a lot healthier.
1: Okay. This random bit of advice there. Yeah, thanks I, know. I just thought of that. It's like, but it's true. It's a good little life hack to know. It'll okay. come
2: in handy for some, someone's going to get a great job because of that, because I told them that.
1: Okay. So, um, We've almost come to the end of our (laughs) podcast. Um, But, yeah, wonderful crash course in how to give good headshot. I think that um, we will cover other aspects of... You know how to give good headshot in terms of lighting and stuff like that uh, later, but very useful in terms of posing. In that, thank you, Gina. Really appreciate Welcome. that. I've learned. I've learned quite a bit. Um, we want to thank everyone who is listening from all over the world. We've got listeners from the USA, Canada, New mm. Zealand, Australia, Ireland, China, India, South Africa, the UK, the, and Sweden. Uh, we've got an email from someone in Sweden. Thank you, everyone. And uh, yes. in, interestingly, our biggest. Um, uh, the biggest group of people uh, from the US. So yes. thank you for everyone who's listening from the US. If we'd love to know where you're listening to this podcast. So do email us news at gina Militia.com. Also, if you've got a question, um, we'd love to be able to answer it in an upcoming episode. So that's the same email address as well. We hope that you are um, participating in uh, Gina Challenge. So that's hashtag Gina Challenge.
2: We've got a few coming through and they're awesome. And uh, so I'm really excited to see uh, all your work. So, yeah, send it in.
1: Yeah, so this week, uh, our theme for this week, because we've had portraits, we've had, um, you know, something sexy, uh, and this week it is... Not headshot, but, uh, no, well, I mean, it is headshot, actually. So send us, uh, I mean, uh, post on your social media and do hashtag Gina challenge and post a headshot that you've yep. taken. Yep. It doesn't have to be of a human being because I will probably post a picture of my cat.
2: Yeah, we'll take uh, animals.
1: Yeah, yeah. So hashtag Gina headshot. We'd love to hear from you.
2: Yeah, um, and, and guys, if you uh, can do us a one great favour and thank you so much for all the emails and tweets and Instagram messages and Facebook messages, that's all amazing. But, you know, if, if you can, we would love uh, your iTunes reviews. That's a really good way to uh, help us out and uh, get us up there in the ratings. So I'd really... We would both really appreciate that as well. So it'd be really awesome.
1: So... Um Until next time, what are you doing this coming week, Gina?
2: Lots of shoots happening, lots of um, retouching to do and um, I'm just about to wander off and uh, have some more Nutella.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, you go have some more Nutella and we'll see you all next week, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys.
0: Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources,